Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Good morning. It is Monday, February 20th. It is six minutes after nine. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Happy President's Day. You know what that means. The president walks out of the White House and sees his shadow. We have another year of baloney. <laughs> Speaking of baloney, Casey. Yeah. Now, um, there was a fairly significant national event that happened in Ohio. Yes. Were you aware of this? Yes, the yeah. train derailment. You may remember this. Yes. It, and that place, now I'm just guessing. I'm trying to, and I saw this on the internet, and I think it's pretty accurate. It's give or take a little over an hour from Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. Not like overly far. We're not talking like a cross-country trip, which, I mean, even if it was, it was sort of a national news event in which many of your citizens are facing potentially catastrophic ramifications because of it. Mm -hmm. Of course, we're talking about the train derailment. Yeah. And the president has made a calculated decision, since, well, he's the president, he sets his own schedule, to not go be with, comfort, explain, provide aid, assistance to those people in Ohio. Right. However, we woke up this morning... Mm -hmm. And it was announced that the president did find a way to fly across the world to the Ukraine. Yes. He went there on an unannounced visit. He's planning on extended discussions with Zelensky and other officials. He also planned to announce the delivery of critical equipment, including artillery ammunition, anti-armor systems, and air surveillance radars. Okay, so we talk about this quite a bit, that actions are priorities. Right in in your life, take away politics out of the equation. Your actions are your priorities. Like what you do is the thing that matters the most to you. And so, in the case of Joe Biden, you have a catastrophic national event with potentially long term ramifications for citizens of this country. Mm-hmm. That is a very short trip, certainly as the president of the United States from your central hub, and. When you choose to not visit, comfort, help those people, but you are flying across the world to be with the Ukraine, you and we have seen no FEMA aid for those people there, but now it's been estimated 200 billion with the B dollars for Ukraine. Mm -hmm. You have staked your priority, right? In which the people of Ukraine, Ukraine as an idea, the success of Ukraine, the long-term benefit of the people of Ukraine is markedly more important to you than the law-abiding, tax-paying citizens of this country. Well, it's just showing us what his priorities are, and we shouldn't be surprised because how long did it take him to get to the southern border? Yeah, right. 50 same, years. Same yeah. situation. Yeah. Same thing. So his visit comes ahead of a planned meeting with NATO allies in Poland, and he's scheduled on Tuesday evening to give a speech at the Royal Castle Arcades in Warsaw. But before that, just a quick little stop uh-huh. to go to his number one concern, which is Ukraine. And we're going to talk about in a little, and look, this is true at all levels of government, right? You, Your priorities are what you put your time and attention to. So again, here in the state of Indiana, what was the first thing to come out? Of a, of a committee. Now, doesn't mean it's going to become law, but it's certainly a priority. Illegal immigrants getting driver's license. Nothing for you on your property taxes. No help for you there. But when it comes to illegals getting driver's licenses, 
right out of committee. Right. These politicians, state level, local level, federal level, you know what their priorities are based on what they put their time and attention into. And in the case of Joe Biden, the people of Ukraine, the cause of Ukraine, the government of Ukraine, markedly more important than the citizens of this country if you're in a red state. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. It's 10 minutes after 9, and Donald Trump is turning his attention to Ron DeSantis. On Saturday, he said he wouldn't use the nickname Meatball Ron to uh-huh. describe DeSantis. And he said that that would be inappropriate to use the, the word meatball as a moniker. Of course, Trump used the term in casual conversation, also calling him shutdown Ron. Mm-hmm. But he did post to his Truth Social, and I, I know you retired the voice. But I think, Rob, it's time to bring it back. He's running for president. We've got to hear from Trump. Well, okay. So here's the thing, though, Casey. We put the voice aside Mm -hmm. because, you know, the background, the voice and the music that came with it. I will always love you mm-hmm. was because you may you may know this Casey I once met the president yes you know, was, interviewed the was, president it's a great dream you remember that yeah he told me a great dream said he wished every interview could be just like this mm-hmm. and part of that was my affection back to him <laughs> uh, because that really helped me in my career path and mm-hmm. the very nice things that Trump said about me but you know I have um, you may know people on the YouTube chat can see this I have taken a a new uh, apple of my eye in politics, uh, and and I just felt like it would be disingenuous to say that I will always love someone mm-hmm. when I have taken a new person who has captured my attention. But uh, look, there is some merit to what you said, and sometimes it's nice to throw a little surprise back in there. So would I be being hypocritical if I did the voice with the music, if indeed a new uh, gentleman caller has uh, <laughs> knocked on your door. my heart. Uh, you think it's okay? I think it's okay. I mean, they, we try to give the people what they want here. Yeah, and the people, the people want to hear it. All right, well. Let's hear. This is what Donald Trump posted on his Truth Social when he was sarcastically talking about Ron DeSantis. And I- Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I will never call Ron the sanctimonious Meatball Ron, as the fake news is insisting I will. Even though Fox News killing lightweight Paul Ryan is revered by him, low-energy Jeb Bush is his hero and always at his side. His beaches and state were closed for long periods of time. His testing, testing, testing for the China virus didn't work out too well. And his loyalty skills are really weak. It would be totally inappropriate to use the word meatball as a moniker for Ron. Brilliant. Thank you. That was wonderful. Thank you. Oh, so sarcastic. He won't call him Meatball anymore. Well, he's just picking a fight with everybody in that that post. He's picking a fight with Ron DeSantis, with Paul Ryan, with low energy Jeb Bush. But but the, the, the difference is, Casey, in the case of a Paul Ryan, in the case of a Jeb Bush, those people had done or had proposed things that were incredibly harmful to the country. They had a track record of policies and promoting people 
that were not in the interest of the American people. What has Ron DeSantis done other than, I mean, let's just start from a political perspective, not even the policy side, but the, the politics. Ron DeSantis took the ultimate swing state mm-hmm. and has now made it deep red and not only lifted himself, but everybody else, but everybody else in the state. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the, the politics side of it. Now, the policy side of it, Ron DeSantis was the one governor, maybe Greg Abbott, maybe Kristi Noem, but certainly on a consistent, reliable basis, Ron DeSantis was by far the face of liberty and freedom at a time in which Donald Trump was bribing people like Eric Holcomb to shut the state down. Mm-hmm. Ron DeSantis was the one guy who said, I'm not going to force people to wear masks. I'm not going to shut down businesses. You lived there, Casey. You mm-hmm. can speak to this way better than I can mm-hmm. about how much better it was in Florida on the side of liberty and freedom than any other state in the union. Yeah, it's true. I mean, when things were still closed down here in Indiana, I was going out to dinner at a restaurant down in Florida because it was open. And Donald Trump is trying to exaggerate the shutdown. Yes, Florida was shut down like the entire country was, but not for the length of time that other states were, like the great state of Indiana. And it's one thing to say, look, I want to run for president again. I think I'm the best person for the job. Let's let's dig it. Let's have a, an immense battle on the policies, on the ideas, on the whatever. But when you are consistently going at a guy, look, you got to... I will say this, Casey, as someone who I think has pretty successfully um, used the nickname to endear myself to our audience and names that stick and is pretty good with coming up with nicknames for people. The art of the nickname, you have to be very, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? You have to be very- Intentional? Yeah, yeah you, have to, you have to use great, I don't know, is discernment the right word when handing out an, a nickname because- if you just give it to everyone, mm-hmm. then it it eliminates the meaning. It waters it down. Or the ones that you have. And when you do it to people who, no offense, are way more conservative than you, mm-hmm. it just doesn't work. So there's a lot of polling coming out right now. And I know how you feel about polling, just a snapshot in time. But according to a Rasmussen poll, Trump is leading DeSantis by 13 points. Now, there are other polls where they're a lot closer. There's a Washington Post ABC poll where um, they're pretty much tied. There's also this Monmouth University poll where they're they're tied 33% each. And a CNN poll says that 29% of Republican adults view Trump unfavorably. So he's lashing out at his biggest competitor. If you have been running for president for seven years now, as Trump has, (laughs) and you are only beating a guy who is not running for president by 13 points, Mm -hmm. who, yes, people who are really into politics know who Ron DeSantis is, but the people who are casual viewers who may know of him, he's this governor of Florida, he's the liberty and freedom guy. Once people see Ron DeSantis, there are some people in politics who, once you see them, they can only go down. They've peaked, the idea of Mm -hmm. them is the peak, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. The reality of them is not that. The Ron DeSantis, actual Ron DeSantis, is far more impressive even than the idea of Ron DeSantis. And look, Trump, Trump's behavior is pathetic. It's one thing to do it to Jeb Bush. It's one thing to do it to Lindsey Graham. It's one thing to do it you know, to people like John McCain. But this stuff with DeSantis is not going to work in his favor. Well, and the thing that is interesting to note is Ron DeSantis is heading into the March-April legislative session. And he's pretty much veto-proof because... 
They have the majority yeah. in both chambers. So he's going to clean up on his agenda. So if he does announce that he is running for president, he's going to have a lot that he can brag about. Okay, Casey, when we come back, there's a big day at the state house. You got all these lunatics down there who are mad that there's a bill that says you can't talk about sex with kindergartners through third graders. Mm-hmm. I've got a piece of audio. Now, this this person is from Arizona, but it is a perfect piece of audio to, to remind parents of how the public education system believes they own their kids and they know how to better parent them than you do. Also, uh, Chris Wallace pretty much called out Mayorkas on all of his malarkey, and it's really fantastic, and we've got that on the way. From 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Good morning, 923. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And trending this hour, Ricky Stenhouse. He won the Daytona 500 in double overtime. The two overtimes pushed the 65th running of the race to a record 212 laps, 530 miles. It is not the flag. It is not the caution lights. It is NASCAR's decision as to where those two cars were when the button was pushed to activate the caution. And Ricky Stenhouse has won the Daytona 500. Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Daytona. 500 winner. Let me tell you, that's been a long time coming. So, okay, so this guy was like somewhere between 33 and 40 to 1. I saw a bevy of odds uh, on this guy before the race. So, if you bet on Ricky Stenhouse, mm-hmm. you made a colossal amount of money yesterday. Yeah. Huge upset. Well, all I keep thinking about when they say Ricky Stenhouse is, of course, Ricky Bobby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so here's my question for you, Casey. Yeah. Because we have seen a rapid decline in in the interest in NASCAR in this country, mm-hmm. certainly from the peak of where it was, say, like, 03 to 05. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I'm into sports, so I was aware the Daytona 500 was happening yesterday. Yeah. And it is, or Daytona 500, Daytona 400, right? No, Five, 500, 500, right? 500. I'm sorry. I was thinking of the Brick, I'm sorry. I was thinking of the Brickyard 400. So when you compare the Daytona 500 to the Indianapolis 500 because they're sort of the parallel events Mm -hmm. right for the sport and you think about how the Indy 500 has totally come back from the dead of the mid 90s you know with the split and things of that nature and how popular it is today versus the decline in popularity of NASCAR and the Daytona 500 that sport is in trouble because outside of if you were super into sports I don't think most people even knew it was happening yesterday. Yeah, well, they probably need someone like Penske to come in and say, nope, I'm going to invest a lot of time and money to bring this sport back to life. Also trending this hour is Ant-Man the movie. It opened big at the box office. (laughs) Ant-Man. Ant-Man, yes, it was called Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. It opened uh, at theaters with $104 million in ticket sales. Is it what what's the next man they come up with? Like you always think they're done. Aquaman, Ant-Man. <laughs> is it, what's it called? Ant-Man and the Wasp? Uh-huh. It sounds like a children's novel. Yeah. It's uh it's from the Marvel universe. Uh-huh. And finally trending, Kelly Pickler's husband was found dead in their Nashville home. Now, you might recall Kelly Pickler was an American Idol winner and she married 
uh, well, Mr. Jacobs, and uh, he reportedly committed suicide in their home. He produced a lot of albums. He was a singer-songwriter in his own right and uh, had a lot of success. And the uh, I wanted to remind everybody that the suicide prevention hotline is 988. That's the number? 988. That's it. All you got to do? 988. All right. Okay. Uh, all right. When we come back, I've got this audio from this teacher in Arizona because, as we said, there's a bunch of lunatics mm-hmm. down at the Indiana State House right now who are very mad that there's a bill being proposed that would prohibit kids from kindergarten through third grade being taught sex by their teachers. Um, and this piece of audio shows how the, the left, the public education system, this teacher says the stuff they believe they own your kids they believe they're entitled to indoctrinate your kids with whatever they want you've got to stick around for this and then we've got some incredible audio from uh alejandro mayorkas mm-hmm. with chris Wallace. yeah it's coming up it's kendall and casey on 93 wibc It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC and the Indiana State Teachers Association asking lawmakers to address the teachers' needs. They want more money. They want improved working conditions. And they want all of this in the legislative session that's going on right now. They are specifically looking at Bill 1608. Yeah, so there is, I mean, it's uh, we have our news gathering partners at Wish TV up on the screen. And right now I'm being forced to view Todd Young babbling on incoherently about something. I don't know what it is, but before that, uh, they... He's a real honest broker, whatever it was, I'm sure. It's in our best interest, Casey. Uh, but the point is, before before that, they had a, a, a live shot of the Statehouse. Mm-hmm. And Casey, there are literally, and I just talked to Tony Kennett, mm-hmm. who is there. There is literally a line of radical left-wing lunatics, and, and Tony Kennett described it as an ACLU rally, at the, to get into the state house, and they're not, you know, they're not fighting for lower taxes or your property taxes or limited government or even let's take a, you know, education. You know, they are they are fighting. They are there. Make no bones about it. They are there. These lunatic left, angry red shirted teachers slash ACLU people are there in protest because there is a bill in front of the Indiana General Assembly which would simply say, "Hey, look." If you have a kid in kindergarten through third grade, you can't talk about sex with them. And that they are up they are up in arms. I mean, I'm telling you, Casey, there is a line mm-hmm. like snaking around the state house of people who are just livid that they cannot talk to a kindergartner through a third grader about sex. Mm-hmm. These people are sick. Well, they're so smart. They're smarter than parents, aren't they? Well, so this brings me to this audio. It has been making its rounds on social media. It is from a teacher in Arizona. Mm-hmm. And this is in front of, I believe, like the Arizona General Assembly or whatever they call it, the Arizona Senate. And she lays out what we have been telling you. And you people better wake up. Like, if you think just because you send your kid to some suburban school district and because they brag about and say, well, we're number one or we're number two or whatever, that this is not happening to you, you better wake up because it's happening everywhere. Because public education believes they own your kid now, that they are smarter than you, that they'd be a better parent than you. And that is why you have a bunch of maniacs at the state house right now who are just beside themselves over the fact that they may not be able to talk about sex with a kindergartner through a third grader. This woman, this teacher in Arizona, makes the egregious mistake of saying the thing we all know they think out loud. Listen. I have a 
master's degree because when I got certified, I was told I had to have a master's degree to be an Arizona certified teacher. We all have advanced degrees. What do the parents have? Are we vetting the backgrounds of our parents? Are we allowing the parents to choose the curriculum and the books that our children are going to read? I think that it's a mistake. I'm just speaking from the heart. Um, the one line that I love is, uh, we must remember that the purpose of public education is not to teach only what parents want their children to be taught. It is to teach them what society needs them to be taught. We- okay, well, she's speaking from the heart. <laughs> I have a master's degree. We all have advanced degrees. What have parents got? Are we vetting the background of parents? And the reason we played that for you, yes, she is in Arizona, but this is the exact thing, Casey. I mean, the exact thing and the way these people feel who are there at the state house right now. And there's a better chance than not because we all know how Republicans in this state are, is that anytime the angry red-shirted teachers show up, that they crawl under their desk and apologize for having ideas, that they will still permit kindergarten through third grade, grade teachers to be able to talk about sex with little kids. These people believe, and these people are the radical left-wing education lunatics, genuinely believe that they are smarter than you, that they know better than you, that because they have some degree, they're more qualified to raise your kids. And this woman said the thing out loud. What that woman said Mm -hmm. is what those people right down the road from us right now absolutely 100% believe with every core conviction in their heart. They are better than you. They are smarter than you. And if you are a person who dare believes that you should have some role in what your kid learns in public school, Mm -hmm. then they have absolutely no use for you. Yeah, she's saying that she knows how to raise your children better than you do. Public school is offering a bad product right now, which is why so many people are going to homeschooling. And this is also why someone like Thomas Massey has introduced a bill to abolish the Department of Education. It is 938. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And the House Minority Leader, Hakeem Jeffries, visited the border city of Laredo, Texas. Now, this just comes one day after the speaker, Kevin McCarthy, went down there. So now everybody wants to go to the border. Where where, where have they been for the past 19 months? Now it's a, it's a race. Can we all get to the border, get our picture down there? And McCarthy took aim at... Uh, Alejandro Mayorkas during the visit, he said this has got to stop and it starts with the Secretary of Homeland stop lying to the American people. This is an issue about operational control. The term refers to the uh, Secure Fence Act of 2006, which is a law that says operational control of the border means prevention of all unlawful entries into the United States. Now, of course, Mayorkas is saying he's doing a fine job. Chris Wallace called him out on it. Yeah, so Mayorkas tries to say this is the this is the this is so good. So he tries to say that the reason so many people are illegally entering the country and the reason it started under his administration or the Biden administration, of which he is, you know, obviously in charge of of the border in many in many in in much of a capacity, the reason that so many people are illegally attempting to enter the country under Biden is because that Republicans came out and told everybody how bad the border was and that's the reason the people are coming because they believe they can get in and if the Republicans hadn't pointed out how, out how bad the border was they wouldn't be here listen to this migrants believe there's an open border Chris have you heard some of our um, political leaders 
speak about the border and communicate that the border is open. I don't think the more than 1.5 million people who have been removed or expelled uh, from the border would consider the border open, but political leaders um, communicate that the border is open. That is music to the smugglers' ears, and the smugglers themselves so, wait, spread... Wait, wait, wait. You're going to blame this all on Republican oh, absolutely credits? Not. Absolutely I mean, you're not, not going to say that, that the administration and the Chris, policies on Remain in Mexico or Title 42 or stopping construction of the wall, that that had no impact? Chris, uh, that's not what I said. I'm just, I'm just citing for you a few things, and please allow me. Number one, uh, they, they use that rhetoric. Number two, we're dealing with smuggling organizations that are far more sophisticated than, the, than they were when I prosecuted them for 12 years as an assistant United States attorney and as the United States attorney. So let me give you my resume and tell you why you should be listening to me. So he's pointing the finger back at Congress to fix the broken immigration system. He's also maintained he's not going to resign from his position. And McCarthy hasn't exactly endorsed, you know, impeaching him or calling him to resign. But, you know, he's saying he's not going to do it. He's staying right there. All right. So here's another piece of audio that everybody needs to really pay attention to, because Wallace asks Mayorkas what a secure border is. And this is the thing that we've been telling you for years is that liberals will not define words Mm -hmm. because if a word doesn't have a definition, then that way they can make it mean whatever they want, whenever they want. And here is a phenomenal example of that. When you say it's what does secure mean to you? It certainly doesn't mean that people aren't able to get across the border illegally. Of, of course not. That is that by, by that measure, the border has never been secure. Right. Um, since the Department of Homeland Security was created, individuals have evaded. So, so by what measure is it secure now, sir? So there there is not a common definition uh, of that. If one looks at the statutory definition, the literal interpretation of the statutory language. If one person successfully evades law enforcement uh, at the border, uh, then we have breached the security of the border. So what we try to do, what's your your definition? What our goal is to achieve operational control of the border. Operational control. Well, it sounds like with 2.3 million migrants coming in, you don't have operational control. It is just unbelievable how in this country we have just a crisis of accountability from our elected officials. And again, I'm talking the federal level. I'm talking the state level. I'm talking the local level. I mean, again, it's easy for us to say, look at these leftist lunatics and how they're allowing this country to be destroyed. But let's take it down a notch. Look at in this state. We all know what's happening with the property taxes. Everybody knows they're skyrocketing. They've known for a year. And when you try to pin somebody down on it, they go, well... It's just, it's the system. What what can I do? It's just, you know, we have an assessment-based system. There's no acknowledgement that, hey, we've created the system, right? The system didn't grow out of an assessment seed plant that was uh, planted at, at 200 West Washington Street. We created the system. And so you can extrapolate the crisis of leadership and accountability in this country all the way down the line. Federal, state, local. The reason we're in the position we are in as a society is because nobody wants to raise their hand and say, this system sucks. We've played in a, a role in it. We acknowledge the role that we have played, and we will do better and fix it. 
Okay, so Customs Border and Protection said that they saw 718,000 border encounters in the first 100 days of this year. 718,000. And now there's this terror watch list that chalks up apprehensions. When Trump was in office, they had 10 annually, right? Now there's 98. All right, Casey, when we come back, and I hate to do this to our audience, but uh, I feel like we must do it because she is a very important person. Can we play another edition of What in the World Did Kamala Say? Because this is a really good one, and I'm really going to need some help. (laughs) Okay, it's on the way from 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Nine forty-eight with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So the NBC News chief foreign affairs correspondent, Andrea Mitchell, sat down and had an exclusive interview with the vice president. They were gathering in Munich for the Munich Security Conference. They talked about a lot of things. Harris expressed her confidence in the will of Americans to continue to support Ukraine. They also talked about the Chinese spy balloon. Kamala said that it was not helpful for U.S. and China relations. You know, one of the things that always amazes me about the mainstream national media with liberals is their uh, willingness to not follow up on anything, mm-hmm. even when uh, utter nonsensical garbage is uttered by the uh, interviewee. Mm-hmm. Interviewee, that e yeah. or the er would be the person asking the questions. Yeah, Andrea Mitchell was the interviewer. Okay, so I'm going to play you, or Kevin's going to play you, uh, another edition of What in the World Did Kamala Say? <laughs> and Casey, yeah. um, now you can't see this, but the look on Andrea Mitchell's face at the end of this, mm-hmm. the visual portion of this, is just incredible. She has absolutely no idea, you can tell totally what Kamala just said, but it, just like a, a totally good liberal, she just totally lets it go rather than going, what the heck did you say, lady? <laughs> uh, take a listen. But when you present the, the, the suggestion that anyone is saying um, that that it is time for a new generation and they're running against the person who is president um, and it, when presented as though it's an attack. I would like to let let us all be clear that the attack is misplaced. If the point of it is that we need leadership that is strong, because we have a strong leader in Joe Biden. Thank you very much, Madam Vice President. Thank you. Thank you. You know what this looked like? It looked like an interview for Miss America where the contestant has no idea what to say. And at the end, Kamala looked at Andrea Mitchell like, Did I do good? Was that a good answer? To quote the famed philosopher and poet Peter Griffin, uh, (laughs) when he was running, I believe, for school board, you take the good, you take the bad, you take the rest, and there you have my opening statement. (laughs) Sit, Ubu, sit. Good talk. (laughs) Yeah, well, this is what happens when you choose an elected candidate because of their identity and not their competence. Uh, Okay, so then another question that she was asked. Now, this was obviously in the lead up because that was the end, I think, of the interview. Um, I can't even imagine how she asked this with a straight face. She was asked, why do so many people not like you or Biden? And Kamala has absolutely no answer for that. 
Why do you think the president has such low popularity, favorable ratings, and you have even less favorable ratings? What do you think that is? I will tell you what I see when I'm out on the road. I see people thanking the president. It's not translating our administration. I think that what we have to do is focus on what is actually strengthening America and the American people and American families. And when I talk with American families about what they want and what they care about, things like bringing down the cost of health care, bringing down unemployment, doing the work of strengthening and growing America's workforce, including American manufacturing, that's what the American people want. I love, Casey, that she goes at our staged campaign events in which our staff picks who is at the events. Everyone tells us what a phenomenal job we are doing. They thank us. Can you imagine, though? Hey, people don't like you. Why? Why is that? <laughs> well, okay, so a recent poll conducted by NBC gave Kamala just a 35% approval rating with just 15% viewing her favorably and 37 percent very unfavorably she's being called an empty suit who needs to be dropped from the ticket all right one more clip here and this one and this is a this is a this is a strong move here casey yeah. uh she says biden is one of the boldest and strongest american presidents ever mm-hmm. and i look i can totally see it i mean it's right there the line of great american presidents it is president's day after all you've got washington you got lincoln you got fdr you got reagan and you got biden i can totally see uh why she would say that and in joe biden we have a president who is probably one of the boldest and strongest American presidents we have had in his response to the needs of the American people. Bold and strong for Ukraine, not for Ohio. Bold and strong for his own pocketbook yes not finances for, not for you as you're dealing with inflation and your wages aren't going as far casey i went to the store this weekend and um it is crippling i it is crippling how much groceries they go up by the week now my mom mm-hmm. and i were talking about this this, this weekend I don't ever remember in my life where groceries, and I'm talking like almost everything, mm-hmm. you know, fruits or eggs or what milk, you know, it might change from occasionally from one week to the next. It was not a normal thing, but, it, you know, it would happen. But like everything mm-hmm. from one week to the next is more expensive than it was the week before. And I be, have begun to ponder at what point do the elderly and fixed income people like, I, I don't know, I mean, how they're doing it. I mean, it is it is a noticeable price difference on, it seems like, everything mm-hmm. from one week to the next. We're making a game of it at our house. Let's see how much we can get for how little money. Yeah. And, you know, I went to the grocery store yesterday or Saturday, and I, I forgot eggs. Mm-hmm. And then when I got home, oh, gosh, darn it, I forgot eggs, and... Well, you know what? Actually, we're just going to have to yeah. do without the eggs yeah. this week. You should absolutely, uh, that's, a, that's a commodity. I do have some eggs I'd be willing to sell you <laughs> on some open market eggs. Right? Yes. Yeah. Well, we celebrate President's Day with some eggs. So Kamala, she's just one heartbeat away from the yeah. oldest president. Uh-huh. 
And did you see him running off of Marine One after he had his physical? No, I missed that. You know, he had his physical Uh last week. How'd that go? And apparently he's, you know, in tip-top shape. Yeah, absolutely. And he came bounding off of Marine One Mm -hmm. for the photo op to kind of prove to everybody how physically fit he is. Meanwhile, his policies are hurting families, destroying the economy, raising the cost of living, and... Oh, and damaging our relationships with the international community. Hey, when we come back, I think Tony Kennett's going to be with us to talk about those lunatics down there at the State House. Perfect. It's Kendall and Casey. It's 93 WIBC. Sway, my girl.